What's up, everybody? It's your host, Hunter, here, coming at you with episode 7 of Hoagie's Huddle. We got some awesome news for you guys here today on the podcast, and more importantly, all five Minnesota sports teams are in the playoffs in the 2017-2018 sports year. How awesome is that? What a time to be covering sports. It's been a blast to do this for you guys. I know uh, I still have a lot of refining yet to do with my work, but it has been awesome to cover it. I hope you guys enjoy it yourself. It has been a blast to watch these teams play this year. we got a lot of young talent, and I think the future is very bright for all our Minnesota sports teams. Speaking of our Minnesota sports teams, I wanted to touch base quick on the news and notes that just came out today about Lindsey Whalen taking the Minnesota Gophers women's basketball job. That is awesome news. They are in phenomenal hands going forward. She will do a great job. Apparently, the word is on the street that she's going to play with the Lynx and coach the Gophers. will be interesting to see how that works out. I do believe if anyone can do it, it is her. I got to be honest, selfishly, I will miss her tidbits on FSN. She provides... Some incredible, insightful comments throughout Timberwolves games, and it's been fun to have her pop in into the broadcast every once in a while this year. I will miss her on Fox Sports. I am super excited for the future of the women's Gopher basketball team, and I think uh, she is the perfect, perfect fit for the job. They could not have hired a better option. That's all I really have for you guys, Gopher-wise. Before I get into our main four sports teams, I just wanted to remind you guys I am at Hoagies Huddle on Twitter. This week, I was at a lot of sporting events, and I did not do a great job updating that. But in general, I am on top of that and try to give you guys content on the daily. It's fun to interact with you guys as well on there. Have some back and forth about whatever game is going on. Again, that is at Hoagies Huddle on Twitter. I am going to start today's podcast with the Minnesota Vikings. Pretty slow in our Vikings world, Vikings universe right now. To mix it up a little bit, I am going to add in an audio clip from Mike Wabshaw and Reggie Wayne speaking over-unders on the Minnesota Vikings season, some predictions. It's actually interesting. I was going to add mine in as well as theirs, but mine coincide exactly with Reggie Wayne. So if you want to take an extra listen to what he has to say about the Vikings, I will add that clip in right now, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Again, that is with Mike Wabshaw of the Vikings Entertainment Network and Reggie Wayne of the NFL Network. All right, we're going to talk Vikings, if you don't mind. Okay, Ready to go. Minnesota gonna, Vikings. Yeah, we're going right. to play a little game. Let's do it. All right, we're going to play over-under. Right. So I'm going to give you some uh, hypothetical stats okay. for individual players on our team, and you're going to say over or under those stats for the 2018 season. All right? All right, let's do it. I think we should start with a wide receiver. Got so to. Gonna go, gonna Receivers with, rule the world. We're going to start with number 19, Adam Thielen. Adam okay? Thielen, let's so, do it. Catches for Adam Thielen in 2018. The over-under is 89.5. Keep in mind, he had 91 for us last year. Oh. That's a good season. It's a great season. I'm going to go under on that. Okay. And the reason why I'm going to go under is because it's this guy in the backfield that we didn't get enough to see last year yeah. by Delvin Cook. Right. So now that he's back in the fold, I think he's going to get a lot of those targets. Okay. And I think that's going to cut Adam Thielen just a little short. I think if, if that's the reason why, I think Adam would take that. He's a team guy. Absolutely. So he'll take eight catches if, if, if Dalvin's running for 1,500. <laughs> Speaking of Dalvin Cook, I got him on my list too. So okay. let's do Dalvin right now. Rushing yards for Dalvin in 2018. The over-under I'm going to put at 1199. 1,199. 
He was at 4.8 yards per carry yes. until he got hurt, which was going to put him on pace for 1,600. I, um, I got him over. All right. I think he's that kind of guy. He's he's dynamic. He can do both. He can catch out the backfield. He can he can run the ball uh, very well. I think before his injury, I think he'd probably got offensive yeah. rookie of the year. Yeah. You know, but um, I, I got him going. Uh, got him going over on it. I see him getting twelve hundred plus. You play with a good running back for a little while, Adrian James. Absolutely, another hurricane, right? Absolutely, the U run the world. Man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's what I heard. That's what I heard. Speaking of the U, I got another one. I got I got a cane on this list. You do. All right. Uh, all right. I know what cane this is. All right. You know Stacy Coley? Absolutely. Okay. Tell us about Stacy. It's a quiet guy. He's a hard worker. Yeah. I'm expi- I'm excited for him. Uh, I really think this is going to be the year he really steps up and okay. come out there and make some plays. Well, the over-under is going to be nine and a half. He doesn't have a catch, okay? He played in four games last year for us. Got a lot of speed, might play some special teams. Can okay. you get double-digit catches? Absolutely. And I'm yes. going to look in this camera and say that. Minnesota Vikings, Stacy Cooley, that's your guy. Give him a shot, he'll make you happy. All right, I love it. Stephon Diggs, receiving yards, nine, nine, nine. Mm. Does he get to 1K over-under? Absolutely. I'm going, I'm going over. Yeah. I'm going over on that. This guy, uh, you know, you know, Adam Thielen kind of shocked everybody last mm-hmm. year, right? And that's fine. But I just see Stefan Diggs. He he is one of those guys that you got to get the ball in his hands. He can he can take a, a, a two yard slant and turn it into eighty yards. So now you got a new quarterback in town. Yes, we do. And, and they will find him. And I think uh, Stefan Diggs will have a big year to shot. This is a Pro Bowl year for him. Okay, Kirk yeah. Cousins is that new quarterback that yes. Reggie just mentioned. Last year he had 27 touchdown passes for the Redskins. I have big expectations. I think I think we all do. I'm at 29 and a half over under. For what are you getting paid? Yeah, what are you getting paid? Yeah, I got him going over. Okay, I got him going over. And 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 you, you bring in Adam Thielen, you got Stephon Diggs, and like I said earlier, you got Delvin Cook. That's a lot of passes out that backfield, yeah. right? He's another guy that can take just a five yard check down and turn that thing up and get 50 yeah. easy. So uh, I got. I got a big year for, for Kirk Cousins. Yeah, he's got Kyle Rudolph he can throw to as Absolutely. Well. Can't Kirk, forget about Kyle. Kirk Cousins loved throwing to the tight ends in Washington. They had some good ones. They are, they are yeah. your, your safety belt. Overall, it is nice to see, reflecting on that audio clip, the optimism that a lot of the people on the national scale have about our Minnesota Vikings, especially offensively. We all know how good that defense truly is, so it is nice to see Reggie and some other big-name analysts give the Vikings some credit. The one last thing I wanted to add before moving on from the Minnesota Vikings is they did have a corner, Dante Johnson, former starting corner from San Francisco, in this week for a visit. He did end up signing yesterday a contract with the Seattle Seahawks. I cannot confirm that the Minnesota Vikings made Dante an offer. I know he would have been a great fit for this team. I'm kind of disappointed. We did not end up landing his services. He's 6'2" can play a little outside, can play a little inside. He will be a nice fit for Seattle, and I think he will end up having a better season than Richard Sherman post-Achilles injury. I do firmly believe that the Vikings will address the cornerback position via free agency prior to the draft here in two weeks. Going to keep it real short and sweet with our Minnesota Vikings today. Like I said, it's been real slow. I will preview the draft for you guys next week and give some names that I could see potentially the Minnesota Vikings selecting with that 30th pick, but like I said, at the end of the day, I do not believe they will stay with that pick, but we will see. And moving on to our Minnesota Twins portion of the podcast. Nice series win for the Minnesota Twins, beating the reigning World Series champions 2-1 to in their series at home. 
Lance Lynn had a phenomenal start in that series. Five innings pitched, three hits, nine Ks. Odorizzi gutted out a solid performance, getting his first win as a twin and outperforming former Cy Young pitcher Dallas Keiko. Justin Verlander still has the Twins numbers, that's for sure. He absolutely shut us down and completely dominated that baseball game. He is one of the best pitchers in the league and still showed that. We roughed up Lance McCullers pretty good, too. The thing that was so impressive to me about this series was getting the wins over McCullers and Keiko, two really, really good pitchers. Gibson was hit up pretty good in his start. Kepler with two bombs in the final game of the series and that walk-off home run with two outs in the ninth. Both those home runs coming with two outs. Some clutch hits for Max. What this series really ultimately showed me is we can hang with absolutely anyone and score with anyone, no matter who's on the mound, for us and for them. It is kind of cool to see. This team has been a blast to watch. We play really sound, fundamental defense, and as soon as these bats get going and are hot, we will be very difficult to beat. The pitching rotation has looked solid so far. That is well worth the money we invested into it this offseason. And like I said, guys, don't forget the addition of Irvin Santana. Come late May, he will help this rotation out tremendously as well and make us even deeper. Jose Barrios is on the bump tonight versus depleted White Sox lineup. I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, the weather should be decent for him this evening and pretty awful the next two days as snow coming in. I would be surprised to see if the Twins play the next two games. But let's hope they can go out there tonight with Barrios on the mound and get a win. It looks like from the lineup they posted, they will have their usual starting lineup in there and a full roster tonight. Next up, I wanted to touch base on our Minnesota Wild, our playoff Minnesota Wild. Tough loss to Winnipeg last night, 3-2. to two. Overall, I thought we played a really, really solid hockey game. The crowd there in Winnipeg was wild. That wasn't... Real good playoff atmosphere for them to get some experience in. Dubnik was unbelievable in that. He was the only reason we were in that game in the first place. I thought Coyle and Greenway did a nice job. Um, Winnipeg requires you to play big against them. And I feel like Coyle and Greenway did a good job matching that. I feel like they uh, definitely showed their physicality in early on in the game. And I feel like uh, Coyle and Greenway did a nice job gaining some of that back for the Wild. Calling him Prezi scoring. Prezi continues to play really good hockey for the Wild. Um, we took the lead in the third period, and then Lane responded almost immediately, and Morrow sunk in the game winner. Hopefully the Wild can sneak game two from Winnipeg in Winnipeg before heading back home, and being on our home ice here in the X will help tremendously. It says a tough place to travel. This Winnipeg team is young and physical. This will be a good series, and I was very pleased with the way the Wild play, even though they did not come out on the winning side of things. I was at the Timberwolves game, did not get to watch the entirety of the game, but I was keeping an eye on my phone, trying to keep involved and keep my eye out on what was going on with that game. It looked like it was quite a hockey game. That This entire series should be a real close one, and look for this one to go 6 or 7. And last but not least are Minnesota Timberwolves. It's crazy because all these teams are in the playoffs, but due to them being in the playoffs, they only play so often, and there is not much going on outside of the playoffs, and so there is not all that much to touch base on news and notes-wise. With these teams, it has still been an absolute blast to watch our guys in the playoffs. This season has been 
something else this whole year has been minnesota sports wise and so it's been a blast to follow but our minnesota wolves that building was electric last night that was the loudest i've heard the target center in a long long time i have attended 16 games this year and that was by far no questions asked the loudest it was an absolute blast last night some rules overall playing wise they played a solid game I mean, they could. Have, there's a lot of things they could have done better overall, but Taj Gibson gutting out that performance was absolutely incredible. Carl playing 46 minutes, Jimmy going out there and pouring his heart and soul into it. That was an absolute blast. To attend, a few notes from that game. I, I know this is cheesy, but I absolutely love their gray uniforms. They look so sharp in person. The details on the back of the uniform, I'm sure you can see them on TV as well, but in person, they it really shows. And they looked real sharp last night wearing those. Wiggins hit those $125 million free throws that we paid him for. That was about all he was good for last night. He was 3 of 5 from 3 and hit a couple nice three-point shots. But he just was relatively quiet for a max contract player in a winner-goes-home type game. I mean, I this just raises every question we've continued to talk about with him and his want and will to win and be here long term. I mentioned it before, but Taj Gibson's gutting out that performance was incredible. His clutch play at the end, his clutch defensive play at the end was huge. Jimmy and Cat were the reason we won that game, but don't forget that Taj Gibson is the only reason that game went to overtime in the first place. So Taj played an incredible game. Jamal and Belly struggled immensely. Both could not get going. Belly didn't even really try to get going, and Jamal was just struggling big time. From the field... I wanted to touch base on our series coming up with the Rockets. That starts the 15th, and we will be in Houston. This season so far, we are 0-4 against Houston, losing by 18 three times and 9 the other, a total of 63-point differential on the season. It uh, On average, 15.75 per game. We have struggled immensely against this Houston team. And it will be very difficult to score with him and play with him throughout a seven-game series. I would be very surprised if this series went seven. I hate to have a negative mindset regarding it. But this team is the best team in the NBA right now, and I think that will show come the end of this season. Like I said, it would be awesome if the Wolves could snag a game or two in this series, though, especially with this young roster getting a playoff win or two against the one seed would really provide some valuable experience and make it worth our time. Alrighty, folks, I'm going to wrap up this short and sweet edition of Hoagie's Huddle with a little Q&A with some of the questions that were sent in via social media. I appreciate those who sent in questions. I will get right into those. What are we going to see this year? A more improved NFC or AFC? Who is going to be the new team to beat? Definitely the NFC, in my opinion. There is an influx of talent coming back into the NFC, mainly via just people getting healthy, to be honest with you. I mean, unfortunately, our neighbor, Aaron Rodgers, he's back. So the Green Bay team is legit again. Odell Beckham's back. I don't know if you guys remember, with a healthy Odell Beckham, that Giants team was contending for a Super Bowl, and they brought in all that talent this year with the idea of intentions of competing for a Super Bowl. So don't count them out at all. I know that sounds ridiculous, but the Cowboys with the full season of Zeke, you never know with them. Eagles will be immensely talented again. I mean, don't even I'm not even touching base in the NFC South where the Saints, Falcons, and Panthers are all three 
uh, potential playoff teams. And, I mean, like I said, it's incredibly deep. And the team I want to touch base on, the team that I think is the new team to beat, is unfortunately the team out in Los Angeles with Coach McVay, the L.A. Rams. They just did so much this offseason. It is it is very impressive what they have done. It is interesting. I was having a conversation with a coworker of mine the other day about the, the resemblance of this offseason of theirs to that of the 2011 Philadelphia Eagles Dream Team. I could potentially see this going right, falling right on its face. I mean, they are one injury away from J- to Jared Goff or Todd Gurley from that team being a 6-8 to eight win football team. But like I said, I don't wish any injuries upon anyone, but it happens. I mean, you saw it to the Vikings this year. It happens to anyone. It happens to a lot of teams. And so the Rams, I don't think, are built deeply, but they are supremely, supremely talented and could beat nearly anyone on a given day when healthy. And that team is, in my opinion, the team to beat. Besides our Minnesota Vikings, I still like the Vikings. They are the favorite in the NFC to me. As long as we have the defense that we do and Coach Zimmer, I have a lot of faith in this team. Kirk Cousins will bring a lot of firepower to this offense. Delvin Cook, don't forget about him. He would have been Rookie of the Year, no doubt in my mind, over Alvin Kamara if he would have stayed healthy. He would have ran for 1,600 yards, guys, if he would have kept up his 4.9 yards per carry average and the pace he was keeping up at the beginning of the season. 1,600 yards, guys. This guy is immensely talented. And it is interesting. It is interesting to see what's going on. It seems like a lot of the league forgot about him. And it's like we basically signed a world-class running back in free agency this offseason because we're getting back Delvin Cook next season. Thanks for sending in that Gus or that question, Gus. Excuse me. I appreciate it a lot. Moving on to Coach Tuthill, the best geometry teacher in the land. Coach, I appreciate you chiming in and touching base. Former Gusty. Will Andrew Wiggins be here for the long haul? Coach, I honestly, I I really hope not. I And I'm getting the, the feeling from inside the organization that they are in a similar boat. Unfortunately, I mean, I know this sounds kind of ridiculous, but this is just my two cents on the whole thing. I mean, these players, especially these younger, my age type players, are these guys check Twitter, they check social media, they see what is being said about them. And they, I mean, Andrew Wiggins, I'm sure he checks Twitter and, and sees what Minnesota is saying about his play right now. And I mean, I'm, I can't imagine he is he feels liked or welcomed here in Minnesota, and he wants to stay here long term. Let alone do the Timberwolves want to pay him in that max contract long term. I believe the Timberwolves will be able to find a trade destination for him this summer. They will not cut him. They will not buy out his contract. But I do feel like he could garner a lot of interest in the trade market. And if you listen to last week's episode, I do think there is a possibility we could throw Andrews Riggins' name in the hat in a Kawhi Leonard trade offer. That would be obviously a dream come true. But to answer your question, Coach, I do not see Wiggins being here for the long haul. I would be very surprised if he finishes out his five-year contract with the Minnesota Timberwolves. I do believe he will end this contract with another team. Next question is, what will the Timberwolves have to do to get past Houston? Unfortunately, if the Timberwolves played their best basketball night in and night out, the best possible outcome I could see in this series is them stealing two games from Houston. Unfortunately, Houston shoots the absolute lights out of the gym. They are absolutely incredible from three. They are very, very, very difficult to score with, and the addition of Chris Paul has made that team elite defensively as well. It will be difficult to hang with Houston. Unfortunately, they are the one seed for a reason. And going back, I mean, it, it sounds negative, but this is why the Timberwolves need to stop. I mean, we had 10 losses. 10 losses from the likes of 
Atlanta, Brooklyn, Chicago, Detroit, Memphis, Orlando, and Phoenix. All terrible basketball teams this year. And those are the games we need to win in order to get a high seed. I mean, if the Timberwolves take care of business and those 10 games alone were a three seed, to put it in perspective, obviously we're not going to win all 10 of those. But if we take, if we go back and we win five out of those, we're sitting in the four seed right now. And it's uh, actually three seed, excuse me. It is, it is essential to take care of business when it matters. And the Timberwolves consistently played well against good teams, disregarding the Houston Rockets this season. They consistently played well against good teams, consistently played bad against bad teams. And this is what needs to change, and this is the difference between the Houstons and the Golden States and the Minnesota Timberwolves going forward. But overall, to answer that question, th- there's not much the Timberwolves will be able to do to get past Houston, to be honest with you. I hate to have a negative response like that. But as I'm sure if you follow the NBA, similar to I do, you probably think the exact same thing. Last but not least... Are we wasting money on Joe Maurer, or do his numbers justify what he's being paid? $23 million a year we pay this guy, and here's what I have to say about it. Six-time All-Star, MVP, three batting titles. Currently this season batting 387 with a 525 on base percentage. I mean, so early, so those numbers are very slanted. But here's my my two cents on the whole situation. Buster Posey is the only other catcher in my mind who has been comparable to Joe Maurer over the last 15 years. Granted, there's guys like Gary Sanchez and other really elite good catchers, but guys who compared to him were batting title potential catchers. And Buster Posey makes $22.2 million. That $23 million valuation the Twins gave Joe was not far off whatsoever. If he were to remain at the catcher position. Do I think Joe Maurer is overpaid? Yes. But his value to this team, even though it might not seem like it numbers-wise and how many RBIs and home runs he hits, his value to this team is very important. He plays an excellent defensive first base. He's on base a lot. He's a wonderful two or three hitter, and he consistently sees a lot of pitches and gets on base, like I said. $23 million for a guy like that. It's It sucks, but at the end of the day, with no salary cap in baseball, and for a guy who grew up in Minnesota and has put his heart and soul into Minnesota, it, it really isn't the end of the world, especially when, if he were taking up a large portion of, if we did have a cap, our salary cap, it would be bothersome, but the Twins, if they want to play these players, they can pay them, it's just a matter of how much money they are willing to spend up front, and... Joe Maurer is off the books after next year, and so I really don't believe this will be a problem when trying to retain the services of Dozier in that young outfield core, including pitcher Jose Barrios as well. It will be interesting to see how the Minnesota Twins handle that contract situation with those guys and Joe. And what I'm really, really curious to see is what Joe at 36 next year will be getting value-wise on the open market and if he plans to return to Minnesota and complete his career here. I would not be surprised to see Joe call our quits early in his career, early per se, not at 40, just say at like 36 next year, even next year, just to go out on a positive note playing decent baseball and never having that dramatic of a drop-off. Obviously, 
the biggest thing for me with that contract is I'd like to see his power numbers up. If his power numbers were up a little bit, it would it would be fine. But it's just difficult when you put that kind of value on a player at the first base position because that type of value at a first base position should garner you 40 home runs and 100 RBIs. Maybe not 40 home runs, but 35 home runs and 100 RBIs season in and season out. I'm curious to see what the Twins will do with some of that extra cash when Joe is off the books next year too and if they will continue to remain aggressive in free agency like they were this year. I foresee the Twins being aggressive and proactive in the free agency market for a long time coming as long as Derek Falvey and Co are in the front office. Alrighty, folks, I appreciate those questions a lot. Like I said, a short and sweet episode 7 of Hoagie's Huddle. I got a lot going on in the sports world. It's kind of an interesting transition time going into the playoffs, but just starting the playoffs. Next week's episode should be a little longer and a little more detail-oriented. I will touch base on some of my thoughts for the Vikings draft as well. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Let's touch base on Twitter at Hoagie's Huddle. When I get to 100, I would love to give out a Minnesota Vikings t-shirt jersey, preferably Kirk Cousins. Get more of those Cousins number eight jerseys out there. I have I picked one up myself on Wednesday. Been wearing it around, getting some compliments for it. I would love, 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 and I'm sure we will be seeing U.S. Bank Stadium full of number eight jerseys come season time. Hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Thanks again for all the love and taking the time out of your day to listen to this podcast. It means so much to me when there are so many options in the sports journalism world. I will be at multiple Twins games and local sporting events here soon, and I will update you guys via Twitter which one of those I will be at. If you guys would like to meet up and talk sports, grab a drink, whatever, I would love to touch base with some of the listeners of this podcast. Again, that's at Hoagie's Huddle on Twitter, and let's get that to 100 so we can give away a t-shirt jersey. Time to go on Jose Barrios, dice up the Chicago White Sox. I'm out of here, guys. Have a good one.